Welcome, listeners, to www.ironradio.org, the website and podcast for all things strength sports and sports nutrition. With your hosts, Lonnie Lowry. Remember, Phil is like a gnarled old oak tree held together with scar tissue and bone spurs. Rob Fortney. And I'm telling you, the pain that I would suffer was beyond excruciating. And Phil Stevens. Do it, Rob. You'll kill all those nerves. Thanks for listening. Welcome, Iron Radio listeners. This is Lonnie Lowry. I'm an exercise physiologist, and I'm a licensed nutritionist, and I'm a former competitive bodybuilder. Yeah, this is Phil Stevens. I run Strength Guild, compete in powerlifting, Island Games, and whatever else comes down the road. So, hey, is Dr. Mike T. Nelson, a faculty member at the Kerrigan Institute, creator of the Flexa Diet Certification, and a bunch of other stuff. Right on. All right, everyone, we're having some technical problems with the audio today, so uh, uh, bear with us. We have some fun stuff to discuss in any case. Uh, mail, news, the usual weekly thing, and then um, after the break, we're going to talk about uh, navigating strength, fit, strength and fitness uh, social media. So what's out there? Uh, I know a lot of you listeners have, you know, you use it fairly regularly, but you might be sort of circulating in one of these channels or another, just YouTube or maybe Reddit or a forum of some kind. So we're just going to talk about some pros and cons and some tips and just kind of shoot the shit about that stuff. Uh, but on to the listener questions, the listener mail. Let's start with one from Jeff. Uh, I thought this was a very good question. He says, good morning. Uh, the brand of fish oil... I have been using has stopped selling uh, the, the fish oil and replaced it with an omega-3 specific product. Uh, at least that is all Walmart carries anymore. Uh, since it isn't just the caffeine, but also other compounds that makes coffee beneficial, I was curious if the same was true with fish oil. That is, is there more benefit from other compounds in the fish oil uh, capsules besides the omega-3s? Also curious if there is more advantage to taking krill oil since it costs more. It must be better, right? Uh, I would appreciate any recommendations that you guys can give. Uh, Jeff, my take on this, and I'm sure Dr. Nelson has some things to say about this as well, but um, unlike coffee, when I look at fish oils, I am looking for essentially the active ingredients, right? I'm looking for the total dose of EPA and DHA. That's why I buy triple strength fish oil uh, because some of the other fats in there or whatever else may be in the, in the oils, not that exciting to me specifically. I mean, if you were to take raw cod liver oil, you might get some additional vitamins like vitamin D or something like that. But um, I look for the maximal dose, frankly, of uh, EPA and DHA, eicosapentaenoic acid and docosahexoenoic acid. That's why we just say EPA and DHA. Um, but that's essentially what I do. As far as krill oil, it is a little bit better absorbed, and it it's probably more sustainable. Um, and there's two ways I look at that. One is you could actually take a slightly lower dose with similar effect, or you could simply get more in you. Uh, the only data I've ever seen that are even mildly concerning about fairly high-dose fish oil, omega-3s, would be uh, there, there's some weird hard to interpret links with prostate cancer, uh, but that might be uh, linolenic acid, which is the plant-derived, like, you know, um, walnuts and flax type of omega-3, and not as much on the EPA-DHA side. Um, 
I will say that the EPA and DHA are more potent. They're anti-inflammatory and probably their antidepressant effects are more potent than the um, linolenic acid, right? Alpha linolenic acid, the plant omega-3. Uh, so I look for the fish, the specific omega-3s. Now, having said that, there was a very interesting talk, and I, I'll bring this up in a future episode. When I was um, in Ireland, a guy was using uh, structured triglycerides, and I haven't seen anybody talk about this for the longest time. Mm. Uh, I've worked with different uh, supplement companies about this and tried to push it, but when I did, it was too expensive. But this guy's trying to seek commercialization, uh, and he's using other highly unsaturated long-chain fish oils, essentially, what we would call fish oils, um, Steridonic acid, SDA. So there could be a couple of other long-chain fats in there other than the EPA and DHA, but Jeff, that's what I go for. It's a little bit different than uh, a matrix like coffee where there are many dozens, even hundreds of phytochemical compounds that could be dopaminergic or have these other you know, antioxidant effects and, and other goodies in there. But I don't know, Mike, what do you look for in a fish oil uh, and you know what what should what should jeff really look for uh, whole fish oils versus something that's a epa dha specific yeah i agree with you i don't think it matters a whole lot i mean the biggest thing is look on the label and i'll actually have clients take a picture or read it back to me the actual amount of epa plus dha most of them now i mean higher strength or more concentrated fish oils pretty common and has come down a lot in cost but yeah yeah several years ago used to go to the store and it's like two capsules oh you have a combined total of 174 milligrams oh you basically need to take like the whole container right <laughs> that's right um but you don't see that too much anymore um in terms of krill versus fish oil i agree there's a little bit of data showing that the krill the phospholipid form right maybe yep. slightly more bioavailability or a bit more bioavailable probably doesn't matter really the only time I've actually considered using krill is if I have someone who I do like send them uh, at-home tests that'll look at their fish oil amount in their whole blood, and they'll also look at uh, red blood cell membrane content. Yep. And if those are <clears throat> not kind of matching each other, so their whole blood is high and their red blood cells content is low, everything checks out from their doc and there's no other issues. In theory, you could use a krill oil at that point. Having said that, I have yet to do that over like the last five years. <laughs> I know, me so, too. Yeah, I haven't really ever had to do that. Um, the only other thing is that <clears throat> for me personally, I mean, there's been some consumer lab reports that most of the fish oil is pretty good. Obviously, look to see where they source it from, or you can call the company and get some specifics. But fish oil, I will do a little bit more homework and make sure that it's actually what's in there is in there. It's as clean as you can find. I do get a little bit nervous about that because it does become part of your structure. You know, if it's vitamin C or a B vitamin, depending on the form, eh, I don't get as worried because it's going to go in, do what it needs to, and basically just get whizzed out. But things that become more of a structure, I'll spend a little bit more time investigating and spend a few extra dollars, even if it's just for my own kind of peace of mind. Right. It is worth pointing out. I mean, I've looked at this. I have some articles from the Cleveland Clinic. Uh, Consumer Reports did a massive review. Almost no one is finding heavy metals in yeah. in big brand uh, fish oils. I mean, for one thing, uh, things like mercury and lead, they're not particularly lipid soluble, you know, so that's the guy from the Cleveland Clinic was going on about that. Like, why are you worrying? It's not even soluble in oil. 
Um, and, you know, it's a honestly, it's a safer way, in my opinion, to get something like EPA and DHA instead of just eating a whole fish in this way, because we just live in such a contaminated world when it comes to fish. Uh, I, I'm more I'm more concerned from with the whole food in this case, which is sort of rare, right? That's almost seems backwards. Like normally, I would go for the whole food yeah. item, but like you know, that's why they recommend, of course, pregnant women don't eat certain uh, certain of these fatty fish more than twice a week when they're pregnant because you know that's very damaging. Mercury is very damaging to a developing nervous system and all that kind of thing. Um, but for what it's worth. Uh, Jeff, just to set the stage, fatty acids, right? There are three of these long carbon chains stuck to any uh, glycerol backbone, and that's a triglyceride, if you're not familiar. And so uh, those specific fatty acids are also individual. They have their own names, like EPA or DHA. Each one of them has different physiological effects. Some of them can convert and retro-convert into each other. So it's a, it's a complicated topic, but that's... That's what you're going for, really, is those long-chain, unsaturated uh, fatty acids, um, in this case, you know, you know, triglyceride form, presumably. And that's why I was mentioning structured triglycerides, because those are synthesized, and they rearrange how those fatty acids are attached to a, uh, a backbone to create a, a synthetic fat. And you can deliver specific fatty acids better depending on where they are on on the triglyceride molecule it's very interesting stuff but anyway i digress um go for double triple strength i personally take either two or three triple strength uh fish oils from sam's club every morning uh, i mentioned consumer Report, reports they not only did a screen for heavy metals and didn't see that in any of the major brands i'm not saying all brands are clean uh, b uh but uh they also said bang for the buck uh the costco and Sam's Club were number one as far as pennies spent per milligram of EPA or DHA. And um, Walgreens was uh, third. So I thought that was sort of interesting. So those are the places that I would look and go for the double or triple strength because that's the active ingredient. It, again, I think it makes it different uh, from something like coffee where it, there's so much good in coffee that's not caffeine. But I'm not sure there's so much good in fish oils that's not not EPA or DHA. So you have a gram total you're looking at for combined EPA and DHA, Lonnie. Uh, I'd have to go look at what my capsules are, but I actually shoot for something like uh, 2,000 milligrams combined. You know, and yeah. I, I'm not really picky. Is it more EPA or more DHA? There are some data out there that men are a little lower on DHA than EPA. So uh, when I actually designed the the flame out product that the biotest guys sell or helped do that. Um, I made that heavier on DHA because most of their customers are men, you know. Yeah. But again, there's some retro conversion that goes on back and forth. And uh, I, as long as you're, I'm getting, you know, I, I, most people are going to get less than 500 milligrams a day, probably less than 250 milligrams of these combined fatty acids. A lot of the research says the anti-inflammatory or, or antidepressive effects start at about half a gram, right, 500 milligrams a day. And it kind of goes up from there to whatever you feel comfortable um, doing, you know. And again, for me, that's something between one and 2,000 combined is what I usually look for. I don't go super duper high dose, but um, I don't know. Mike, what are, you, what are you doing with that right now? Yeah, it's, it's usually where I'm around. Yeah, two grams, you know, one and a half to two and a half to two. Unless I know someone's like really low. You know, then they may consider going higher for a period of time. But right. for most people, I think that's, I would agree with that. Yeah. 
And again, we're talking about just looking at the milligram mm. content of EPA and DHA, not grams of total oil. That's not really going to yeah. get you anywhere. Uh, anyway, so that was a complicated question, Jeff, but it's a good one. So, yeah, go for the singular active ingredients, I would say, as opposed to something like coffee, which is much more holistic. Phil, do you take fish oils these days? I don't even... Yeah, I mean, that's one of the few couple things that I think everybody should. <laughs> Just pop a couple of those every morning. Yep. And uh, go from there. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's just one of those things, if you don't seek them or even supplement them, um, the food supply in the U.S. just really isn't going to provide them. You know, not for yeah. shit. So, uh, all right. This next one is from Nathan. He says, a data set containing a large number of meals and days for my fitness pal has been uncovered. Uh, and there's been attempts to analyze some of these data. Um, so he showed me, uh, he sent me a couple of links. I pulled up one of them. I didn't do an exhaustive read through of this, Nathan, but I did pull one. Uh, essentially, there's a database. Here, let me look at this. It says it contains 1.9 million meals logged by almost 10,000 MyFitnessPal users. So if you use that app, uh, then they're recording your meals anonymously uh, along with whatever you might be using that information for. Uh, 71,000 food items logged uh, from September 2014 through April of 2015. Uh, it describes essentially the food item consumed by the user. Again, it's in this data set, and researchers can use this stuff to figure out how people are eating. Like I just said, how, how, how much omega-3 fats people are eating, something like that. You, you get it from large data sets. Usually it's NHANES or some more structured thing than a, an app. But there might be value here in what people are under-consuming, over-consuming, stuff like that. Uh, there's also data in this database uh, anonymous database on meal sequence, and I think that's interesting. The researchers here says if you use the data set for scientific publication, a citation would be greatly appreciated. I, I don't even know if I can possibly pronounce this guy's name. A Canon Uparp uh, and Weber in 2016. I, they'd like you to kind of toss them some acknowledgement for organizing this database. So. Uh, Nathan just says, my own take, it seems super hard to t make any concrete insights from MyFitnessPal data. The accuracy has to be 80% at best. Um, I know personally I will, just, I will use a meal to just check the macros. Don't really log anything else. It says, I have to think the average user is not the type of person we might be concerned with, such as a strength or physique athlete. So perhaps you guys can kick this around and discuss Nathan. Nathan, the only thing I can I would be able to really be interested in this again would be looking at over or under consumed nutrients. You know, so under consumed could be something like uh, the omega three fats we just discussed, or fiber, maybe vitamin D. You know, that kind of thing. It depends on how much how much nutrient analysis is wrapped up in this data set as opposed to just food items. I think it might be neat since there's a meal sequence involved. It might be neat to see if people are eating more calories later in the day you know, or like where their carbohydrates are mostly being consumed in the morning or in the evening, or there might be some interesting things uh, because they have meal sequence data. What would you do with something like that, Mike, if you had a, a big data set of 71,000 <clears throat> foods and, you know? I don't know. I mean, <clears throat> it'd be interesting to see how it's sort of 
the demographic data on it, I mean, I think at a high level, that'd be interesting, right? So if you have the same age group and you could kind of quantify the activity, is there any difference just between gender, right? You know, males and females. I'd always be interested in the fitness and population if women are still eating less protein, although I don't think that's as much of a thing as it was five, ten years ago. Um, so kind of general trends like that I think would be interesting, but I don't know. I've used MyFitnessPal for quite a while. I saw some clients using it. I kind of switched a little bit more, playing around more with uh, Chronometer, which actually pulls from the USDA website. Uh-huh. Just pros and cons, right, because more average foods that you know people may eat are not going to be in there. But if you know most of your diet is donuts, then you probably need to change it anyway. <laughs> but my goodness, though, I've noticed sometimes because people can enter anything they want, and it's not always verified, you get some weird stuff in there once in a while too. But you know, if you've got enough numbers in there, you know that kind of outweighs it. But yeah, I don't know. It'd be interesting. I guess I'd have to see how exactly they break it down and how would they kind of spot check some of it for accuracy too. Right. Just scanning through this, it almost looks like you might be able to search for something like dairy foods, but not necessarily protein. You know what I mean? Uh, or, uh, yeah, I don't yeah. know if it's nutrients or if it's just the food items. It, there's still some interesting things if you want to get your fingers on the pulse of how like our population or at least fitness yeah. people might be eating. You know, yeah. um, Looking for trends would be interesting, right? Just on average, what are people seem to do? Yeah. But the, I, as far as I know, I don't know what kind of demographics do they have the gender data? Maybe not, you know, or uh, it'd be nice if there was some body weight or body fat or performance data so you could start to make some correlations and yeah. and dig around, but there's really nothing to link it to other than the simple fact. And we do need this, right? Again, that's what Enhanes does is it says this is how people currently eat. And it would be interesting to basically be able to look at fitness people like this and may- maybe compare it to a uh, a gen pop database like Enhanes, you know, and see if on average there there are some differences in macro consumption, you know, more protein or or less carb or or whatever. But. Yeah, I'd be interested in like if people have, and they may not be able to tell you this, if it's kind of sort of pre-filled out ahead of time, like people have sort of planned what they're going to do for the week. Do they tend to be you know leaner than people who just enter random stuff in at random times? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you need some of the body comp something to link it yeah. to you know um i would be i think i agree with nathan um the accuracy is going to be suspect the number one problem one of two huge problems when people log information is even if they're not over or under reporting um portion sizes they don't do it right they they log the portions incorrectly and that's just going to send thing that could really affect things now the food item it would still be a dairy food it might still be a wheat or grain food item so maybe the amount won't matter as much as if you're just looking at like uh, food frequency information you know and not portion sizes but um, portion sizes are would really really be suspect unless they got some kind of basic education as to what what a portion is of a food you know because most people i think if you randomly ask them um they wouldn't be able to tell you you know uh, what a serving size of berries is, you know, something like that. So, yeah, I don't know. Phil, do people use My Fitness Pal with you at all in your yeah, gym? Yeah, I mean, several people do. I mean, to track it just helps. <laughs> it's a fast way, like the listener said, to just check meal composition. I mean, and that's what a lot of people, they won't even log it. They'll just use it as a calculator a lot of times. Yeah, yeah. 
The most interesting thing I've seen come down the pike, I saw some students present on this, is there's actually handheld, it's literally like a, a, a speck. You point it at your food and it will, and I guess this is getting validated. It blows my mind if this is going to work, but mm. it will actually tell you the macros by direct analysis. Not, not, it's not going to lean on a database. It's going to say the, the photo you know, receiver or whatever on the device is actually going to be able to see and read how much protein, carbon, fat are in the food. Now, that huh. blows my mind if they can actually do that um, because right now a spectrophotometer is that's not exactly how they work <laughs> you don't just point it at things <laughs> and it tells you what's in it but um, I've seen some pretty interesting stuff I might even dig it up and share in the future I think that's early stage technology but if that were, were to be true um, it'd be ridiculous you, if you as long as you again you'd have to guess the portion size that you're about to eat right because the mm -hmm. device would only beam back what it's composed of not how much uh, but that's there's interesting stuff on the horizon with this stuff so, uh, I have one last bit of news before we go to break and talk about social media uh, this is from Rick Collins I just saw on Instagram strength and muscle sport news uh, AbbVie wins another bellwether trial amid mass action over androgel testosterone drug a federal jury has handed a win to AbbVie as it continues to seek to fend off claims accusing the company's testosterone replacement therapy drug, Androgel, of causing heart attacks and other cardiovascular conditions. Uh, so it looks like a judge weighed this out and said, no, um, either testosterone doesn't do that or your heart attack wasn't because you were using, swabbing on some Androgel. So to me, this just echoes the, you know, you can barely even say testosterone. At least these days, it's a little bit better, right? Because the gen pop now wants it. And now all of a sudden, it's not the S word anymore. Yeah. You know, it's not steroids, although it is one. Um, but I don't know. It, they just won't let this go. It's like the protein thing. My wife just told me that that thing that circulated about six months ago about a high protein diet killing someone, it's making its rounds through the fitness journalists again. Oh, stop. Like, we already put that to bed. She, she had a special condition, you know, stop. Uh, but it, it's the same thing, right? I, and I think, uh, obviously, testosterone and androgel and stuff is going to get even more heat than, than protein. And people are just going to, you know, they're going to have a heart attack and they're looking to sue somebody. It's like the hot coffee at McDonald's bullshit, you know. Yep. So, and I know, at least in this case, um, I'm going to side with Big Pharma, you know, and say, no, that's not why you're having a heart attack. <laughs> Honestly, there's some good data out there, and I think we all know it, that uh, maintaining testosterone in a healthy range, if anything, would reduce cardiac risk, yeah. you know, so... Whatever. Okay. Let's go to break. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk about navigating social media as far as strength and fitness. Hey, listeners. This is Dr. Lonnie Lowry. If you've ever had anyone critique you uh, on your protein intake as part of your weightlifting lifestyle, oh, you poor meathead. All that extra protein is going to rot your kidneys or weaken your bones or dehydrate you or give you gout or who knows what. Uh, there is a book available. You could simply Google CRC Press and Lowry. And what I've done is reach out to experts all over the world 
and create a book, a single compendium that you can hold up and say, this is why I consume extra protein. This can be very valuable when you're um, being quote unquote educated uh, by various professionals on the topic. Uh, there's enormous amount of literature in this book on the safety, uh, the effectiveness, how protein works in cells, the history of protein and weight trainers, uh, much more. So again, please check out CRC Press and Protein and Lowry. You can just Google that. And uh, I do, full disclosure, I do make a small single digit uh, royalty on the book, but that's not why I did it. I did it so we can all have something, uh, our particular population, uh, to both defend what we do and to inform our nutrition and our eating. Thanks. Iron Radio is, of course, primarily a podcast. But over the years, there have been technical glitches calling for backup streaming and listeners who wanted the convenience of other sources of audio content. Toward this end, Iron Radio is now simulcast and backed up on YouTube. If needed, please search Lawnman07 or Iron Radio from within YouTube. There's not much video, but if you like to listen through YouTube on a Roku or other living room device, there you go. Like your weekly fix of Iron Radio? In addition to being a popular institute on iTunes, we are also on email. Simply go to www.ironradio.org and sign up for the voluntary email. You'll get a once-per-week email, no more, that's little more than the show notes and a link to the audio. So go for it. All right, folks, we're back. It's Phil and Mike and Lonnie, and we're going to talk about navigating social media. Uh, in the strength fitness world. Uh, I'm going to start just by setting the stage, I guess, with what we mean by social media. Let's define that because so many people are in, involved and engaged on a daily basis. Um, I think Facebook is going to be central. It's probably the, the big boy on the block. I don't like that at all. <laughs> I hate Facebook. Uh, I don't think everything should be channeled through a central hub. I mean, every time I try to log on to anything, even sensitive information like bank or other things, it'll say, oh, you can log on with your Facebook account. No. How about no? I want to keep that separate. But I digress. So Facebook, uh, Reddit, right? So like a, sort of a central messaging board system forum. Twitter. I actually tend to like Twitter. It's brief. It's good, good for real-time updates, like if you're at a conference or an event, you want to take a picture or make a comment. Um, uh, there are forums, dedicated bodybuilding or powerlifting forums. I know Fortress, he still hangs out on some of those forums and gets, mm. gets in arguments with people and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, and then um, podcasts and YouTube, of course. So uh, I just have some topics of conversation here, really. Um, Phil, let's start with you. I mean, you were a moderator for ages. Anything that comes to your mind about pros and cons, you know, like who, like credentials of who's talking, um, what they're using as evidence versus opinion, how well it's moderated. Uh, let's kind of start with forums, maybe. I mean, because you were behind the scenes moderating some very big forums 
what are some tips you might have for people who head in that direction, or should they just avoid forums? The, the good thing about moderated forums is that you know it does filter out some of the BS. Um, <laughs> the 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 problem with it is it filters out the BS. So well, it yeah. can filter out non BS um, and give a very biased opinion um, depending on who's moderating it and for what reasons. So you know, I worked for a place that. You know, we moderated anything that was against that business's uh, goodwill, if you will. Like their marketing you know plan. Yes, exactly. Mm. So, uh, mm. and that can be problematic. So, or, I mean, you even see, saw it like anybody that went against a writer on that site, they would get moderated out. It's like, well, don't say something that he doesn't agree with, you know. Oh, uh, right. Yeah. But on the other end, I mean, it amazes me that Reddit's still around because it looks like very 1999-ish. Right, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I don't visit it much. But, I mean, at least, you know, you get some freedom of speech there, I guess. But uh, the problem is, you know, the credentials behind people speaking can be less than stellar. So, and that's where I think, like, something like Facebook takes over a bit uh, because at least you know who's talking. You know, they're in their account with their name and face. So... Unless their account got hacked, which is, happens and can be funny. But uh, at least you know who it's coming from. If I'm looking for information from Ed Cohn, I'd go to his page and see what he posts. So yeah. you can filter what you're not just, you're generally not just sorting through an ocean looking for a few gems. You can go right to the gems. <laughs> a lot easier mm-hmm. on, on some of the newer social media platforms. So I would think. Even being able to silence people, like, you, yeah. you know, you can basically on a lot of forums or Facebook, as I understand, I, I don't really use Facebook except to post the most recent episode, <laughs> but yeah. uh, you can silence people. So if there is someone who's a troll or disagreeing with everybody or they keep yeah. pushing the commercial aspects of their newest oh, book, yeah. you know how everybody's so self-aggrandizing in our field, it's disgusting. But um, you could silence them, silence their ass, I, you know, and that'd be I one tip. Yeah. <laughs> I've I've booted a few people off our own the Iron Radio Facebook page. So, oh, right. Uh, just for just for that, just trying to they're there to do nothing but put up ads. It's like yeah, not what it's for. See you later. Bye. Yeah. So <laughs> honestly, Facebook has um, taken over uh, a lot of companies that used to have forums. Um, yeah. Just use Facebook. My problem is Facebook is not the same thing as a forum because forums sort of log for posterity uh, mm-hmm. a conversation on something. And with yes. Facebook, there there could be so many inane, stupid comments flooding in that the good stuff gets dropped off the bottom of the page. Yes, in a sense. Yes. And that's 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 where forums helped a bit. I mean, if somebody's just way off tangent, the moderators just don't let them come in. You know, it's like, yeah, you're 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 not adding anything. Bye. <laughs> just yeah. delete that comment. Right. So, um, and that's where it's problematic. Like I said, there's 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 good and bad to moderated and unmoderated. Yeah. But I mean, it, it's a good idea. It's a good idea. I think it's implemented poorly sometimes. So, <laughs> right. But uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, the big boy on the block now, from what I see, is Instagram. Which, yeah. The only reason the only reason I use it is because it links automatically up to my Facebook page. So I'll put videos of the gym up, and it automatically goes on Facebook too. So right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I get two birds with one stone. But I mean, to me, it's just it's. I don't know. A picture can say a thousand words, but most of the pictures suck. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, when when ninety percent of the pictures are selfies, 
You're not saying much. <laughs> right. So. <laughs> Some of the, the powerlifters, big-name powerlifters, guys that I, I kind of like, man, they yeah. post selfies like they're teenage girls. And yeah. that, that sounds terrible <laughs> of me, like I'm pigeonholing, you know. I know not all teenage girls do that. It's not a sexist crack. I'm just saying you wouldn't expect yeah. these big bearded guys to keep, you know, winking at the camera. And, you know, <laughs> it's yeah. just, what are you doing, man? You know, I, I don't know. So it's, I hate selfies, and so I'm kind of biased against that. But it is funny to yeah. see that fitness people cannot repress taking pictures of themselves and putting it online. Yeah, and that's, I mean, I rarely, on my pages, there is rarely ever an image of me. Because I'm the one behind the camera. Like, I, I'll yeah. post up something like I did this in training, and he's like, where's the video? Well, there isn't one. I was alone. <laughs> and I know, not, right. <laughs> and I'm not sticking my phone in my shoe and trying to get it. I don't have time for that shit. No, you know? I know. My mind is not on, when I'm going for a heavy set or something, my mind is not on getting the right camera angle. That's right. <laughs> you, know? you know, you have, Phil, that's what I call the dad curse. Like, my family albums are, I'm, I'm in so few pictures because I'm behind the camera. <laughs> yes. You know? Yeah, and it's... And I just don't have time to worry about the yeah taking a picture of it. It's like I, I need to do this set. So if it if somebody happens to take a picture of me, great. Right. But, uh, I'm not planning it out. Like, hey, come over here and stand right there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, Mike, let's get to you, and then I, I want to ask Phil something about handling trolls in just a second. But now you use Facebook. You embrace this a lot more. I mean, Facebook is even doing stuff like live streaming. I guess they're competing with YouTube in that way. I, I, how do you use? Uh, Facebook or really any of these social media, you know, how you use it, some maybe tips we could learn from the way you do things. Yeah, I'm probably not the person to ask on this because my marketing people in the past have yelled at me a lot. And the one I have now, she's great. She's very understanding and gives me stuff that's useful that I'll actually do. <laughs> um, I mean, I had a, a forum for different products and stuff, which I've had off and on. And I've tested that on Facebook for probably like three years. When I used to do e-classes and stuff, and it was good, but for the e-class, it was only a specific amount of time, so that was fine with me. And everyone's like, "Oh, you need to keep it going. You gotta, you know, add more people to this group and have a subgroup." And I get the idea, and I love the idea of you know online communities and tribes, and I, I agree with all of that. Yeah. Just for my personality, for me to go in there, I just found that I just. I don't seem to like it as much, and I think it's because I have to actually go on to Facebook more frequently than what I want to. So I actually ended up doing mostly everything through newsletters because I can write them however I want. I can distribute them however I want. Obviously, I have a service that does that for me in terms of me emailing them out to people. And then Facebook, I just kind of use for more random stuff. I will test out actually coming up. I got some feedback from some people when I was in Costa Rica last week of putting more of my content on Facebook because I actually really haven't. It's mostly only been to the newsletter. But I know John Brardy said this a while ago too that I think it's kind of getting split where an audience only wants to interact on whatever is easiest for them. So the last time I took uh, online clients, which was quite a while ago, if someone contacted me through a Facebook instant messenger, then I would actually communicate with them through Facebook Instant Messenger, even though that drives me absolutely insane. Yes. And the response rate was way faster than me trying to get their email and then trying to email them. Because um, I think people are on whatever platform they're on and kind of want to stay on that platform. So I'll test out putting more content on Facebook and see how that goes. I've got another system that will allow me to post it at whatever time I want. So I'll put it in that system and I'll say, okay, 
Tuesday at 8 a.m. send this post out of content, mm -hmm. and it'll post it for me. Um, so, but I usually go on Facebook either to to put out content or to just you know see what other people I know in the industry are doing. Um, I don't really get into a lot of discussions or other stuff like that per se. So yeah, I hear what you're saying about you tend to roll in the same like habitual format, you know, like if you're a YouTuber, you do a lot of that, yeah. you know. I I really got hooked on Twitter because it's simply easy to post photos from my phone, like in one one little touch and put there it is on Twitter, you know, and then to Phil's point, it'll cross-pollinate with uh, Facebook if I want it to, uh, mm -hmm. you know, so you get sort of multiple uh, things like that. I would say, here's a, a tip for everybody. Be careful running in the same self-reinforcing circles. I mean, if you're in an echo chamber where everybody has the same views, you see a lot, this in politics a lot. You know, the people, they're conservative, they, they lean on that media, and people, you know, self-reinforce. And then if you're liberal, you run in those circles. And sometimes it might be good from an educational standpoint to force yourself into some other channel of social media or look for alternate views now the truth is you could stumble into some kind certain kinds of social media that are kind of passe now. Phil, I know you were suggesting you know Reddit yeah. looks dated or like Tumblr. <laughs> Once I put up a little <laughs> a little page on Tumblr and basically said, "Hey, we're over the podcast is over here." And I just point and that's kind of it, you know, because yeah. I don't even know who's even on that anymore, that that format, but I would say look for alternate views instead of the the echo chamber kind of idea where everybody's just saying the same thing. And I'm sure that's true with uh, you get some of these more zealous communities. I, I don't know this, but I'm guessing there are certain um, CrossFit factions that are a bit like that. Like if you're going to go on there and say, hey, uh, you know, high carbs are great, you're probably just going to get nothing but attacked. Uh, I, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I don't really run in those circles. And maybe yeah. like, like I, I should go take a peek, you know. Yeah. I'll do that once in a while. I'll take an assignment for writing that I don't agree with. So I did one that was uh, questions about and writing up even a meal plan for a ketogenic person who's a vegan. And at first I was like, that's a horrible idea. Like, <laughs> I told the editor that and he's like, well, th this is an article for people who are already decided that they want to do it. It wasn't an article to convince everyone, here's what you need to do. And I'm like, okay, yeah. I suppose there's people who are vegan who want to try a ketogenic diet. Okay, that kind of makes sense to me. I'm not saying start there. But and most of it was just, can I actually come up with anything that's you know halfway decent, you know, with that heavy of a constraint on it? And it turned out pretty good, but it was, but it was hard. But I did it more of an exercise to see what happens, and you know, is it something that you can do? Not necessarily saying that everybody needs to start here either. So right, yeah. Sometimes restriction breeds creativity. You know, it's going to yeah. force you to come up with something. I, I'm doing something similar on Monday with a. a a reporter wanted a information on really high sodium diets and how they're helpful. And I'm like, well, that's a, that's a minefield right there, you know, in today's world. <laughs> I mean, there might be some need for that, but in who and, you know, compared to the typical diet. And, but to your point, right, yeah, sometimes giving information outside of your wheelhouse forces you to go educate yourself or get creative yourself. Yeah. Uh, Phil, I wanted to ask mm -hmm. you um, – how do you deal, as somebody who's a business owner, and I, I don't know, are you more politically correct? How do you deal with um, a troll, someone who's just disagreeing with what you're saying or is just full of shit or self-aggrandizing? 
I mean, on Iron Radio's Facebook forum there, I know you can just mm-hmm. shit can them, <laughs> just yeah. get rid of them. Uh, <laughs> but how would you typically deal with a troll? Like, I have one or two that I've run into, and I, I probably have a couple currently. Um, I just ignore them. They'll say something, and we just keep the conversation going. And they shut up. <laughs> you know? Oh, uh, mm-hmm. it's like many things. I mean, they're, people are looking for attention. If you don't give it to them, they end up going away. Um, and if I need to, I just okay, you're not alive in my world anymore, and just push the button. That's the neat thing about it. Is I mean, but generally I don't. I mean, but I'm one of those weird people where I'll put up posts every once in a while just to see who will unfriend me. i'll put up a post and literally watch my little ticker like oh i lost seven friends yeah usually if i do that the odd thing is is i'll lose like seven but i'll gain 12 so (laughs) yeah you know phil last week we we, we did the garden (laughs) (laughs) we lost a listener a supporting member last week i just happened to notice and i couldn't help but think is this because of what phil and jim were talking about did you offend him you know I don't know. <clears throat> you know, and it's, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm so old. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I don't care anymore. It's like, if you don't like what I have to say, go away. You know, and the bad thing is, I, I mean, or good thing maybe, is I do the same thing at my gym. You know, like if I have a kid that comes in that doesn't want to listen, it's like, hey, you know, you can leave. <laughs> you know, leave or listen, you know, because I'm here to help you. Yeah. So, and it's the same thing on, you know, I, I really don't. My people are going to follow me, and I'm not looking to make everybody happy. Yeah, you know, I think it's the one thing you need to find your niche, and then just you know, do that. <laughs> you know, you have so many people that are that are so PC and trying to please everybody that they never they never do. So yeah, they end up being so vanilla that <laughs> uh, there's nothing to them. There's no content. But well, in a sense, Iron Radio is an extension it's one of the channels of social media for your gym you know and so we're very much uh, in agreement on that like if people can find us great you win (laughs) as far as we're concerned if you like these conversations you know and some of what we bring to the table that's great and if not i don't know just go away (laughs) you don't have to listen it's not a business (laughs) model you know it's not a it's not a traditional business yes we're listener supported and i appreciate the people who like hey that's what i'm after you know these guys know their shit experience or education or both and you know but other than that um yeah we don't market nearly as much as we probably should but again it's not it's just not a business model it's just like what you said if people if they want to you know not follow anymore all right go find something you want to self-reinforce go ahead Yep. You know. So, uh, yeah. So I don't. I really don't have to deal with trolls much. I mean, but if I the few I have, like, and most of them, like on the Iron Radio page and stuff, literally they join up and then they post an ad. Right. And yep. It's like okay, you're gone. I'm trying to sell you know? something. And I've become pretty good at filtering those people out when they try and join. Like, if you've been a member of Facebook since last month and you're a member yeah. of 700 groups, oh, okay. <laughs> you're not real. Yeah. You, know? you don't get in, you know. I doubt so. any of our listeners are this naive, but sometimes you'll see this, you know, like 19-year-old girl with her, her butt in the camera, you know, and she's yeah. got fitness attire on. But I'm like, you're not a real Iron Ma- Radio member in all likelihood, you know, especially because yeah. you can tell from the text. I'm not saying because she's a woman. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> all defensive about <laughs> sexism today. I'm just saying, you know, it's it, she's like, oh, hi, you know, and I'd like to join. Sure you would, you know. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, but some people are like, oh, you know, okay. 
Um, <laughs> what a, one last topic for Phil, because I know you have to jet pay. Uh, are forums or certain websites, are they ever worth like pay subscription? I mean, let's face it. We are listener supported here on the podcast. And I think you, don't you use that with Strength Guild, some of the, some of the online stuff you've done? Yeah, we've done it in the past, and I know uh, Jim Winler does it successfully, um, and several other people. I think Kelly Starrett over at uh, Mobility Wad. Yeah, and I think I think the good thing about it is even if it's a low price forum, you automatically just don't have trolls. Trolls keeps them out. There are people. There are people yeah. that come on, and that is their sole reason. And the only reason they do it because it's free. If you right. make it a dollar ninety nine a month, they just don't come, or it's well, ninety nine cents. They just don't pay. And you lose 99% of them right away with that yep. if you get people to pay. It's clever. And then uh, Jim's is a little more than that. I don't remember what it is now, but it's not much. But uh, that's pretty much like his only social media. And it's like, I'm only going to talk to people that want to. You know? Yeah. <laughs> that want to hear me. And it makes sense. Yeah. You know? Trolls, so, yeah, I think they're, they're cheap. A place for it. You know, trolls and advertisers, they're cheap. And if you put any barrier at all, they're not going to pay it. They, like you no. said, free is their keyword. Yeah, exactly. They're looking for free ways to just be promote crap. So yeah, yeah. but P- promote asininity <laughs> or a yep. product. Yep. <laughs> yep. Whatever. So um, no, cool stuff. Uh, Mike, um, a- any thoughts on this kind of stuff? Like um, paying for different social media channels or um, you know dealing with trolls. Yeah, I mean, I don't really respond to many people <laughs> at all anymore. Um, I guess part of that is probably like a year ago I had more of a, a philosophy change that I'm still working on. And the short version is a guy gave a really cool story. You can look it up online about uh, a lighthouse versus a tugboat. And the takeaway is that you know neither one is good or bad. It's just what kind of model do you want to run? Where, you know, the tugboat is you're going out into the area and you're taking boats one by one to, to safety. Um, the lighthouse is you're just shining a light and hey, if the boat runs aground, well, that's kind of their own fault. You, you were telling them, hey, look out, there's something here. Um, and I realized that for me, I was trying to sort of help everyone. And then when I followed up with them, nothing really got done, right? I mean, paid customers and that kind of thing aside, right? So I realized a lot of the free stuff that I was doing, yeah, you know, kind of makes it feel warm and fuzzy. And I'm not saying I'm against it per se, but if I'm trying to make an actual difference, yeah, I probably was just kind of kidding myself that I wasn't making as much of a difference. So I switched to you know stuff that I put out for free, obviously the newsletter content, stuff like that, is me saying, okay, here, here's what I think, and it just kind of goes out into the world. People can interact with it if they want, which is fine. Um, and then paid products, yeah, a little bit different, right? Trying to go more towards the education model. You know, here's a certification, you know, here's different things you can educate yourself. And then you also kind of sub-select people who are only very interested then, right? If someone's going to pay you money, they're probably very interested in what you're doing and are much more likely to listen and obviously are more compliant, so they get a better result. Um, In terms of, like, I think paid forums and stuff like that, I think if I were to do it again, going that route definitely makes your life a lot easier. Actually, I had something set up. As of three years ago, I had uh, custom coded a whole site, paid a whole bunch of money, had everything done, even opened up the forum to you know just some people to get conversation going before I did any public release. And then at the end of the day, I realized, uh, I don't really enjoy doing this whole 
process and I didn't like the topic I had picked, which mm-hmm. was more just kind of mm-hmm. general fat loss. Mm-hmm. So I ended up just canning the whole thing <laughs> at like the last minute. Oh, it's kind of a painful business mistake since it spent you know eight months of development, yeah, and a shitload of money, yeah. Um, but I think it was good because I realized that and a lot of the stuff is what do you want to do and what are you going to keep doing. I think that's where you can provide the the most value. And you know, like if you're like Jim Wendler, and if you only want to deal with these amount of people, yeah, having a paid site is awesome. Right, and the customers are like, "Hey, I pay a small nominal fee, and I get access to this person and their community." So I think that's definitely much more the way to go. I think Facebook even just announced something today that they're actually allowing uh, paid sort of forums and membership sites on Facebook. That's kind of been a gray area in the past. Mm-hmm. I think that'll even probably uh, go up quite a bit more from there. And obviously, Facebook, since they're going to be making more money off it, I would imagine, will be kind of cross-promoting it a lot, too. So, and I guess, and who knows if this will come true, that more people are probably going to start going that direction even more. Right, yeah. I like what you said about Lighthouse. Like, to me, that's – I always think of it as push and pull content, you know. Yeah. And yep. we – a podcast, we do this every week because it's push content. We can yep. we can broadcast it out there and then the ships at sea can use us to their advantage if they want, you know, yeah. kind of thing. And we don't have to make everybody pay because if the troll doesn't really get any comment. I mean, if no. he if he sits there and bitches and makes fun of us or mocks us to his training partner, no, it doesn't really ruin anybody else's day, you know, because it, it, he's on his end and I don't have to interact like to, with the like the tugboat idea wading down into the quagmire of the internet. I think is generally a bad idea if you're a content provider like you said it it can be good to work with individual clients i don't even do that uh for the most part these days but um you can have a sense of community without the trolls and the the a-holes and and that kind of stuff uh with the push content i even turn off comments on youtube because i mean you don't have to spend any amount of time on youtube other youtube channels to see that the comments very quickly devolve into pornography and hate and you know judgment it's 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 ridiculous and profanity it's ridiculous how bad i know youtube's been doing some things lately to try to correct that but uh i just turn turn that off like you know in in other words i i i dock the tugboat (laughs) i'm not going to wade out into those individual comments and just get pissed off my whole afternoon because I just felt like I had to defeat someone in a conversation. You know, this is somebody I don't know, I don't care about, but I don't want him to af- affect the other people in my community, you know? Oh, yeah. And yeah. we don't have to worry about that. That's why I love the the podcast genre, and you and I both, and Phil, too, something we all have very much in common is we've we've written hundreds of articles for lay media Oh, yeah. And this is faster too. It's faster. There's no trolls. Both of those are lighthouse types of push content, but yeah. but this is just so much more efficient. We can have a conversation, you know, and then people can skip around in it or just not listen. And you, we don't spend dozens of hours, you know, um, writing it essentially. So yeah, and I'm always interested in even business models where you can even go further. So. For example, like my good friend, Dr. Ben House, I was at his place in Costa Rica again for eight days last week, and he didn't really respond to hardly anyone on social media that was not sort of a paid customer in some form for mm-hmm. like an entire year. Oh, 
And he did that based off of one of Stu Phillips' comments was that the bathrooms are for paying customers only, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was pretty good. Yeah, you know that if 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 you're paying and you've showed that you you know kind of are willing to put some time and effort into it, and obviously money is just an exchange of value in that way, and it's easy to to look and see. Um, then okay, yeah, maybe we, we interact with you. But if you're just trying to absorb all the free information, hey, that's cool. You can still read the post. You can still get all the information. But there's not a, I think the thing that bugs me the most is the expectation of, hey, I replied to your article. You didn't reply back because I've had a few of those emails, which I'll then never reply to. It's like, oh, you just put a comment there. That's cool. Thank you. I appreciate it. And thank you for letting me know. But when your next email comes 23 minutes after your first one and you're upset that I haven't answered you yet, nah, off you go to the bottom of the list. <laughs> yeah, turn off comments. I, you know, yeah. what What was hard for me was toward the end like uh, of my regular writing for uh, testosterone.com, biotest and all that is, and you know, you went through this too and Phil lived through this yeah. as well, but they would then sort of more or less insist that you interact with the crowd uh, yeah. after you wrote something and i was very i have a little post-it note next to my computer screen actually of uh different responses like if, if a troll came out you know like what are my politically correct responses you know like <laughs> well you know i appreciate your comment i appreciate that everybody is being uh you know intellectually civil you know let's you know, let's keep it along those lines, you know, and just try to shut it down before it starts. You know, thank you for being civil. We're going to just try to go. I don't know what the science says on your particular tangent there. <laughs> so we're not yeah. going to go there. But getting kind of, it did sort of make you get in the tugboat and wade out into it. And then, you, again, you have to have these sort of caveats about, you know, thank you for your opinion. Um, otherwise, we're going to ignore you and then have to, you know, rely on a moderator to delete that dude if he's getting ridiculous. But, um, I never really cared for that model. I do like the sense of community. Maybe we should just kind of wind this down by you had brought this up originally. Social media communities are secondary communities, right? Where a primary community might be like literally going to Strength Guild and, you know, having fun with your buddies and lifting together and spotting each other. That's more like a primary. A secondary one, like a classic example would be a political party. Right. But now you have secondary communities, which means non-local, just sort of they're circulating around an idea or an ideal and strength and fitness and things like the podcast. We do have a community and that's why I value, you know, the people that support what we do so much. They don't have to. And yet they enable us to continue doing this, you know, to keep the lighthouse on in a sense yeah. like that. But uh, it's that sense of community because I'm very sensitive to the idea that there could be somebody in the middle of, you know, Oklahoma or Kansas and they lived in their garage with their two young buddies or not even just young and they don't have any connection to good information or bodybuilding or powerlifting and if that's their thing now suddenly instantly as long as they have you know internet access they're part of this secondary community that can be positive and supportive as long as the people kind of um they're leading the discussions are, are keeping it that way you know? yeah yeah, and for kind of my own business model, it's something I spend a lot of time thinking about. And I've tried, like I said, having different forums myself, and ah, I don't know why. I just something, I think it's the uh, having, like you said, to wait out and answer questions, even from people I enjoy answering from, or email I feel like I can 
manage a little bit better. Um, but so in terms of community, I've been thinking maybe I'll just try to get people to an experience that's outside of their environment. Like I said, I've been to Ben House's place a little bit and just different conferences and even trips, you know, we've taken to Spain and Tokyo and all over that when I think back on stuff, those are the things that I remember and talking to other people, those are the experiences that they seem to remember. Mm -hmm. And I think that those experiences are going to become sadly more rare going forward, which I think gives people more of an opportunity to do something like that and to have them come back and go like, holy crap, everything seems different now. Like, oh, that's good, right? Pulling them entirely out of their own environment, sticking them somewhere else for a period of time, especially even a little bit more foreign, probably the better, you know, sticking them with other humans they have to interact with on a, a nice basis per se and having those groups be kind of curated. So you know that all the people in the group are most likely going to get along. How do I, in my brain, I'm thinking, how can I get people to do more of those experiences of kind of what I call true community and tribes. And maybe in the process, I just forego not even having a online community as a stepping stone, right? So if you go and do something like that, whatever it is, yeah, maybe we have a little bit of an online community after that because we've had that, that shared experience already. Um, so anyway, so I've been thinking about that. And even maybe if I do my own mentorship, you know, with just a small group at my own place once in a while and things like that and not really doing the intro kind of community area, I guess. I think that's a very important, that hybrid idea. You know, it's almost yeah. like a hybrid course. It's not just online, but you got to show up to do some of the labs, like for one week in the summer or whatever. Yep. You know, uh, I like that idea very much. I, I think the fact that Phil has a physical brick and mortar place really lends something to Iron Radio, right? He has oh, yeah. a group. And it can kind of feed back and forth. I listen to some other podcasts in completely different genres, hobbies, and stuff like that. And if there's a store involved, it somehow legitimizes it to me in some way because it's there is a real investment, you know, in structure and time and money, and there's something real attached to it. And I mean, we're not all part of Phil's gym, but there is that primary community, that tribe, if you will, and. You know, I, I do think that kind of thing matters uh, as well. So, like you said, or having somebody come to your place and then maintain that community after the fact yeah. until maybe next year you meet again, you know, or something like yeah. that. So that's cool. Yeah. yeah. And even with the carrot course that we designed, which is, you know, a full year, it's a flipped classroom. So most of it's online. But for each module, there's three days where you have to, you know, show up and we're going to show you how to do exercise assessments and then you're literally going to do them you know so if we're doing uh, a wingate then yep you're going to be doing a wingate <laughs> neat you know because we all agreed that there's too many programs that are only online without the application basis of it and we didn't want to create a program that didn't have a heavy application and part of that is you just have to be in a room with equipment with other humans and I think a big part of that is, as you've you know taught in your lab for a long time too, Lonnie, is students and other people learning, they have to learn by doing, right? So if you're going to stand there and watch someone do a wing gate and sort of grade their performance, uh, you should probably know what that feels like. And yeah, yeah. it's not a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's part of the, the deal. I mean, and I think you have a lot more respect from people also. I mean, it doesn't matter so much what your performance is per se, but... 
you know, are you going to, you know, go through and do the same process that you did? You know, the same thing when I was in the lab at the University of Minnesota, it's any test I would run on someone in a study, I would do myself multiple times beforehand. Yeah. You know, so I have a very good idea of what it is, both from how it feels and then also obviously practicing it from a technique standpoint, too. Right. You know, we didn't even get into the people who they spend all day on social media and they never actually do anything. And I think oh, that's, that's why insane. we do. Right. <laughs> but we do what we do. We're always saying, put your name on a dotted line. Try competition, you know, or yeah, do something. or like I said, there are people who physically at Phil's gym who would listen and then go to the gym. They want to hear what Phil has to say on a certain topic in social media, but then they can go talk to him in person, you know, and stuff like that. For, for me and you, in many ways, it expands our impact as educators, you know, instead of yeah. 40 kids at a time in a classroom, you know, you got 25,000 this month, probably, give or take, listening to what we have to say. And so it matters, it, you know, it matters to us, which is why we keep doing it. But anyway, yeah, community is always going to be a big thing and interacting in some way. I'm tend to be introverted, but I still... Uh, like, don't throw me in a room and do stupid icebreaker activities. I had to do that in Boston a few weeks ago. It's killing me. You can imagine the flat look on my face, you know. Like, I hate small talk. But we're talking. We're not talking about that. We're talking about literally go and get your hands on a barbell or try something in the kitchen, you know, nutritionally. Something like that. Go, go actually give it a shot. So it, it, is, it is more real. Anyway. Yeah. And that's the one thing that I do get a little worried tying back to social media is – like my, so if you email me and I do get around to answering your question, which I try to for most people because I feel honored that they reached out to me, um, and you come back with a second question and you're not a paying customer, I'm actually, even if you are a paying customer, I'm still probably going to ask you what happened with the first thing, right? So if you're like, oh, fat loss, and I say, okay, eat more protein, eat this amount, and then you come back and you're like, oh, I'm worried about carbohydrates now. It's like, well, how did the protein thing go? You know, if you can't follow through on that, one, eh, I kind of wonder about motivation, things of that nature. And I understand it's free advice. And two, I wasn't lying to you about the first thing. That's actually what I thought was the most effective. I'm not trying to string you along and not tell you the secret or, you know, yeah. whatever it is. That That's what I thought was the most effective thing. So you should go back and try doing that thing again. Well, you're trying you know, to avoid... But- avoid being a tugboat then right because yeah, now you're right. now you're dragging this guy around i i once had a strength coach say lonnie i know all these guys on the football team are asking for your nutrition advice don't you give them any advice until they prove that they are going to follow up on the first thing you said you know yeah. because then they're not even invested they're just going to keep hey dog hey dog stop yeah you know because you're not going to do any of this um so he was saying don't waste your time and that really stuck in my mind like okay <laughs> you know? yeah yeah, it's so. like step for step two, you show me that you did step one. Or if you have a question about it as you were doing it, okay, that's all right. Yeah. But you don't get to skip to step two without going through step one. Because well, it's just not being a dickhole. It's just not that effective. Right. <laughs> you know, and that's why I like the, the lighthouse effect of Iron Radio, right? We could put it out yeah. there, and if someone wants to just dick around and not follow, and they just want the next bit of information, all right, here you go. Because I'm not committed to babysitting you doing or not doing you know, uh, acting like an action right. item on what we learned last week. <laughs> you know, I don't care. I don't care if you want to just listen to some more. Fine, maybe you just be a you know passive consumer if you want. You know, so yeah. And there's there's nothing wrong with that. You know, it's just I think once you start expecting other people to kind of follow, drag up. you through for free, it's like yeah. eh, you probably won't make a lot of friends doing that either. Just a heads up. <laughs> All right, brother. 
Oh, that's a wrap. Yeah. I, th- that's, I think that's yeah. good. That's something we love this rant. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We've all been ranting. <laughs> we, it, we're all going to rant because that's it's a kind of thing that anybody has some connection with these days and we've worked in that in those some of these settings and rolled our eyes for, for two decades so yeah. anyway alright good stuff uh, I guess we'll see everyone next week see ya. hey listeners have you seen the store at ironradio.org There are three halls in the store, one for Phil, one for Fortress, and one for myself, Dr. Lowry, and they're thematic. So you can go into our Halls of Iron store and choose based on your goal. If you need something to learn or read or something nutritional, you can look in my store, uh, Lonnie's store. If you want something about injury prevention, Uh, or competition, then take a look at Phil's Hall of Iron. And if you want something about motivation or daily training, Fortress's Hall has what you're looking for. There are some fun heroic descriptors uh, as you browse through the stores. We try to make it a little more fun than the average boring online store. And whether you're a novice lifter or someone more experienced, you can take heart that you're not wasting your time. The things that we put in each Hall of Iron are actually based on our own recommendations. Protein powders that we know to be good, uh, knee sleeves, wraps of some kind, things that Fortress uses in his own training. Uh, The stuff you, you see, you know is good. This way you don't waste time. So check out the Iron Radio store at ironradio.org and um, let us know what you think on the forums and certainly you can request products and we will uh, screen them before they go in. So thanks for listening. Iron Radio is accepting donations. If you like what we do, the professors, the scientists, the bodybuilding show promoters, the athletes themselves in powerlifting and bodybuilding, um, please consider making a donation or maybe buying something from the ironradio.org store. Uh, We also are accepting supporting members. So for $4 a month, which is frankly less than the bank sneaks out of your account in fees, you can step up and support a form of sort of public radio for the bodybuilding and powerlifting and strength community. The Iron Radio Podcast and all of the audio on ironradio.org is for informational purposes only. If you're interested in starting a diet or exercise program, it's important to check with your physician. Also seek the help of registered dietitians, athletic trainers, and qualified exercise physiologists in order to make the progress that you need.